Welcome to I Don't Know About That. It is our weekly broadcast on the market goings-on in the OCTG market in the oil and gas business. And uh, our weekly market update that actually is happening about every other week or every third week. So we're trying to get on a better schedule. But today we have a guest, old Gene Hunts, off uh, playing golf. So, sorry, Gene, throw you under the bus, but I got Wayne Cox, who is our Senior VP of Supply Chain in here today. Welcome, Wayne. Heavy on the senior side. <laughs> He's heavy on the senior. Well, it's good to have you here, Wayne. We're So, we're uh, the intent here is, again, to talk a little quickly, uh, just a quick hit about what's going on in the market and specifically OCTG and oil and gas. Um, so, Wayne, you know, you're kind of our expert on on the supply side. What do you think's going on on the supply side? Right now, Steve, we're sort of in the summer doldrums, I would say. Uh, and it's only May. And it's only May. So we've got two or three or four months ahead of us that I think is going to be, I guess the best word to describe it is just slow. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to see, again, continuous oversupply pipe in the market. Uh, and that's kind of across the board? It's, it is. It really is. I mean, whether it's, you're talking about the domestics or the import, uh pipe as well uh do you think that situation's gotten a little bit better over the last six months or has it gotten worse i think i don't think it's gotten better i think it's gotten worse there's some factors out in the marketplace right now we've got a a lot of the domestic mills that are just not booking at capacity we've got some capacity that's been added in the last few months and the tide of imports uh or the slowing down of imports Really, we haven't had the effect of that. Yeah, you know, specifically on imports, I was just running some numbers, and I'm going to share some numbers. I actually calculated oh, something. There you go. So yeah, this is a quarter over quarter. So last quarter, last quarter of eighteen, which is before the two thirty-two, and then the last the quarter we just got through of nineteen, and so it's interesting on imports. Mexico uh, was down about forty-five percent. Canada was down about ninety-five percent. Korea was down about 57%, and South America was down about 60%. But here's, I think, interesting is, here's the next ones. Russia, up 73%. Asia, not including Korea, up 47%. And Europe, up 30%. That's a quarter of it. So, I mean, again, it's, it's you know, if they, they cut off some supply, like the Koreans had the quotas, and that had an effect, obviously, down 57%. But it's just picked up somewhere else. Yeah, there always seems to be mills awaiting. Yeah. Uh, and when they get the opportunity to bring pipe in, they do. And, you know, from an end-user standpoint, we found out that during the downtime that we had back in 14, you know, uh, seems like everybody became acceptance of import material coming yeah. in because the prices were where they were. And so... Uh, uh, yeah, we saw. I think. Yeah, we. I've I've talked to some of our sales guys, and our customers aren't as interested in buying domestic. Is not as important for some reason. Yeah, especially on surface casing and tubing. And yeah, so yeah. forth. So, yeah. Uh, and so the how you said the mills aren't running at their kind of their order books are maybe a little bit light. I think a lot of the mills. I mean, you you can determine if they're running two shifts or one shift or or you know three shifts. But uh, I think some of the, most of the mills are not full out. Yeah. There's and some of them are actually running stock. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of a, a many 
a mill that's booked out completely. I mean, the, are, are there? I guess I don't, we shouldn't name any names. That I, are there some that are booked out? I, I think there are some that are booked out, but they're booked out according to the number of shifts they're running. Oh, okay. So they could add capacity. They, they could always add some capacity if they had to. And uh, I got you. Well, what about like raw material prices? I mean, whether it's uh, scrap or coil or is, what's the market doing on that? I mean, 2018 we saw a huge run up in in coil prices, which really knocked a lot of the domestic ERW guys out of the market while coal prices have fallen. Are they? What are they going to be doing? What do you think they're doing now? I mean, if you talk to some of the guys out in the industry, they th- do not believe that coal's hit the bottom yet. Really? Okay. So uh, personally, uh, internally, we think there's probably another 20 or $30 downward that could happen on hot rope band through the summer yeah. and then start to level out, maybe see an increase in Q3. So you're thinking, so then what, what are you thinking about with regards to OCTG market? I, I think inventories are, are down, but I think one of the points the way point you're making is that maybe the situation a little worse is because the rig count keeps falling. And of course, as rig, as we know, the rig count falls all of a sudden the, you know, the 50,000 feet of pipe that you had for two rigs, they drop one rig, all of a sudden your supply base is over, oversupplied right away. So Yeah, we never can seem to get inventory, I guess, right-sized or can't ever seem to get yeah. it, uh, in the situation. <laughs> uh, of course, being yeah. on the supply chain side, there's a lot of pressure to always yeah. look at inventory. But And if we do get it right-sized, it right size is for about a day i know it, it is it's <laughs> very it's, short and we're all of a sudden yeah, yeah. so something uh, yeah i still think there's way too much inventory out in the marketplace right now like i said we even have some mills running to stock and putting you know stock on the ground yeah and so you, you can go out into the market and find pipe today that you need next week yeah yeah well and then there's um, some other factors that are kind of uh maybe the extraordinary items uh the Tenaris buy-in TMK. I think there's still a lot of questions on on how how the market's going to react to that. I think they're going through their process um, with regards to antitrust right now, which I I can't imagine that. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to get that through. Which if they do, I think then it's full steam ahead, and they'll probably close that deal pretty quickly. So maybe we'll see some. I guess some more clarity on what the plans are after that. But until then, that creates a lot of turmoil and a lot of volatility in the market too. It does, and a lot of uncertainty as well. So, yeah. uh, you know, we've got a lot of our end-user base that is asking us questions about what do we see going forward for Q3 and Q4, mm-hmm. and we just don't have any indicators right now that's, yeah. that's showing us an, you know, upper trend. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, the, and on the, I guess on the demand side, oil prices are, are up there. There, there's a lot of, lot of turmoil in the oil markets right now. I mean, the Middle East is becoming a, a mess again. The good thing about that is that, uh, now the United States can actually maybe benefit from some of this turmoil, uh, and supply, uh, restraint or problems in the Middle East because we can export. So that's, that's a good thing, but I don't think it's really translating right yet into to our our customers' capital expenditure budgets. Well, I mean, we're seeing capex budgets kind of flat or maybe even a little bit down in 2019. Yeah, most of these guys are trying to drill to cash flow. Yeah, and which yeah. in in our business that's a that's been that's been interesting an interesting challenge because uh, our customers are in. Overall, not everybody, uh, but overall, on average, our customers are paying us. They, they're taking longer to pay us because they're trying to conserve that cash, which, 
you know, I understand. And again, that's, you know, the kind of goes back to what distribution's role is, uh, which, you know, that's, that's part of our role is to help finance the drilling operations in the industry through, uh, stocking casing and tubing and things like that but but yeah it does have it's, uh, those cash flow issues or those drilling the cash flow that has had a, an impact on our on our financials too yeah and you know the investment community is just not really thrilled with investing into the oil and gas industry yeah right we're, we're hearing that pretty regularly aren't we yeah so yeah i think the the private equity guys aren't as in love with it um just wall street the you know the capital markets just aren't as in love with oil as they used to be I, you know i think there there's a i don't i'm not an economist but just being a uh just someone that doesn't really know a lot about it so i'll put that disclaimer is it it seems also that i mean the economy is doing pretty good there's other places to put your money um that might not be the oil may not be the best one to do it right now but again i don't think that's a doom and gloom for the long term but no i don't either and you know when you look at all these factors uh, that we just discussed, it sort of leads to the, well, the market's going to be ho-hum, if you want to use the word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or at least for the short period of time. Yeah. Our yeah. forecast internally shows an uptick in what would be our Q3 and Q4, which would be like calendar, calendar Q4 and, Q4 and the first yeah. quarter of next year. And I still think that's very possible. Yeah. I, I, well, we're certainly hopeful because, uh, you know, <laughs> we just started our first fiscal year and it's, it's, it's a struggle out there right now. It's, uh, it's, it, it's tough, but, uh, well, anyway, Wayne, I appreciate you joining us. So I, I noticed from your accent, you're not from these parts of Australia. Is that where you're from? Is East that where? Texas. Oh, East, East Texas. Texas. Really? Absolutely. What, what town are you from? The little town of Canton, Texas. Shout out to people from Canton. Yeah. Shout out to first Monday. So. Now, yeah. Now you were, if, I think you told me once that you were actually, your family was one of the families that founded Canton, Texas. Uh, we didn't, we weren't a founder, a founder? but uh, my family history goes back to the mid-1800s. So, wow. Uh, the apple doesn't fall far from Mid-1800s the Mid-1800s in Canton. In, in Canton, in Van Zandt County. Wow. Wow. That's so. amazing. You know, Van Zandt County, did you know that I think that was uh, uh, named after a judge and his son was Towns Van Zandt? Uh, I think, or maybe it was grand grandson, and it was also grandson known as, was as the free state of Van Zant County at one time. Really? Yes, because they, didn't they make a movie out of that? Uh, it, you know, <laughs> it's something similar to that. Oh, that, really? Absolutely. Wow, that's kind of uh, cool. Yeah. So uh, I think there was some guys that went to prison and all that after the after the war associated really? with that and broke out of the stockade and. Was your the, family part of that? Or? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Some deep East Texas roots there. You bet. You Man, bet. that's your Texas born and bred. And proud of it. Uh, yeah, well, I will all attest to that Wayne is proud of his Texas yeah. heritage. Absolutely. Whataburger. <laughs> Whataburger and, and uh, come and take it uh, flags it. in his office. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Wayne, for joining us. I think hopefully this was at least a little bit helpful for giving you a quick market update. Again, we do these things uh, weekly, but we actually release them. Well, actually, we, do, we don't do them weekly. We're trying to. So we'll, we'll get. All right. So thanks again for everybody for joining us on I Don't Know About That. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>